Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have a very special guest from the comedy field in Baltimore City, Abby Mello. How are you doing? Hello. Thanks for having me. I am. It's a pleasure for me to have you on, honestly. I, I never go out to comedy shows, folks, and I normally stay at home because I have a younger son, and I went out. And I was blown away by your stand-up. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So, that was a really warm room. They were, I was well-received that night. That's yeah. not always the case, but you but saw a good one. You were, you were like, you could tell you were on. You were on, and you were flowing with the crowd. And the crowd was feeling you. You came over and took over the stage. And like I said, I used, the last comedy shows I've gone to was Dave Chappelle. Right. So, that, I mean, you know, but I like comedy. So, I wanted to say thank you for coming on the No Picks Up Dark podcast. I want to promote artists in the Baltimore area, you know. Thank and, you, and we appreciate that. It's very difficult to get people to come out of their houses to go out for live performances. And so thank you for leaving your house that night, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, she was performing at El Buffalo, and I, like I said, it was literally one of those nights I went out, and I was like, I, I didn't expect, I had any high expectations, you know. And you really commanded the room. I looked at the audience. The audience was vibing. My cousin next beside me was vibing. I'm like, we got to get her on the podcast. Well, thank you. So give us like your story. Like, how did you end up? Because you, in your routine, you say you worked at a university. Mm-hmm. How did we end up at the comedy show? Uh, how does that happen? Yeah, I mean, it's a hobby at this point. You know, it's pretty much a part-time job. It does take quite a few hours of the week, pretty consistently every week. Um, but yeah, I do it in addition to my regular full-time job, which is um, teaching. I'm a tenured professor at uh, Towson University teach in the psychology department it's not as good for material as you would think though uh i don't have that much material about it but uh yeah so it actually works out pretty well because comedy happens at night and my job is actually you know i come in about noon because i teach night classes it's a master's degree program that i teach for and so my classes start at 6 p.m and then i roll right out to a comedy show afterwards or you know it's great yeah that makes so so what got you into comedy i mean what's like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, the correlation of teaching and comedy. I mean, there could be a lot of funny things you see, maybe. but Yeah, they're pretty unrelated. Okay. Um, I had had a few jokes. I'll back the serve and just say I don't think anybody really know, knows that an underground comedy scene exists. You mentioned Dave Chappelle earlier. We've all seen people on their HBO specials or their Netflix specials, and you don't realize how you get there. Right. And so we've all seen famous comics, but most people have not seen a show like at El Buffalo where it's local people who may, may not even be making any money to be there that night. Although he does pay very well for that show. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know, we're driving to different States and doing, you know, d- nobody really sees that local scene or it's harder to sort of see that local scene. And so, um, I just, i had had a few jokes that I thought of in my head years ago and I just had, there were a few funny ideas that I thought of and every once in a while I'd be like, do you like, you know, throw it out to somebody else? Do you think that's funny? Is that funny? And it was my 34th birthday. I was in the middle of a divorce and one of my friends was like, I heard about this open mic. It was in the basement bar of this dive place in uh, Highland Town. It is no longer. Um, (laughs) And we showed up and I told my couple of jokes and did some crowd work and thought I would never, ever do it again. So your first time going to open mic, 
How nervous were you? Pretty nervous. I was really pretty nervous. Once I got up there, it was fine, but I was freaking out for like, you know, hours before because I committed that day and I was like, okay, fine, we'll do it. We'll do this thing for my birthday tonight. Okay, we'll do it. And then until I got on stage, I was basically just one, you know, long panic attack for the entire rest of the day so until I got up there. What was that moment like after you're done your set and people are applauding? How does that feel? Like, how does that... For me, I think it's got to be different for everybody. I still feel just as nervous after my set and for like a while after my set. That anxiety is still high. You know, the energy's running high. And so it isn't like a sense of relief. It's sort of, you're just still amped up about it. I I will tell you, I have spoken to a couple people after this show. And um, they were like, she came in just like a perfectionist. Like, she could tell she's done this for a while. And like, you tell me the story now, I'm learning like, Wow, I would never have known that, you know, you've been, how many years you've been in it for? So that was, I've been, this is sort of my two year mark of going up weekly. Okay. So I did it that one time. I thought I would never do it again. Then about four months later, I was like, I thought of a couple of new funny things. I'm going to go back to that place and say the new funny things that I thought of. And the guy who was running that show, Mike Smith, um, local Baltimore comic, uh, he was like, you know, well, didn't I see you here like one other time? I was like, yeah, it was like a while ago. And he was like, you know, you can come do this for free like every night of the week in Baltimore. There's you know shows that you can come do your jokes at. And I was like, oh, no, I don't really. I'm not that into it. And then I just caught the bug somehow. And uh, he told me about a, an open mic that was down the street from where I was living at the time, a weekly mic. And so I just started going down there. I like to say it was better than dating. Like I said, I had, I bet at that point I was divorced. Um, and I was just trying to find my new life and then I found these other comics and this place I could go every week and hang out with them and say funny things that I thought of that week and it was just amazing and it, it really was great. They so were- what comics, I mean, do you follow out there that you like, you may or may not like that you're like, okay, I kind of like their style. Maybe can I go that route or is there anybody out there you really like? I don't really follow that many famous comics and I even hesitate to say this because I get compared to her a lot but I will say that I did see Amy Schumer live a few years ago she came to the 150 she's a Towson grad so she came for our 150th anniversary party thing and she did a set and it was really interesting because a lot of it was just her telling stories about when she was in college and you know she would be like hey is this place still there oh my god let me tell you this crazy story about you know and somebody would be like no no it's this it's called this now and she'd be like okay and so I could tell it was organic stuff she hadn't worked on that material for years it was just her riffing off of you know being a drunk college student and it was so funny and I wished that my college friends were there with me to see it so we could have all and so I will say she was inspiring to me and that was before I got into comedy but I found it inspiring that someone could just be funny for an hour without any plan and she was pretty drunk too wow (laughs) sorry Amy I love you no no that's interesting because I always think like you know you guys come in there for a plan you know you have I know some comics that can bomb and like not even like have a plan or they're too tipsy and not you know not I always get leery when I go to a comedy show and the comedian's either drunk or whatever it may be. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't come here for that. You be a professional. Be a professional. This is, this is a job. 
you know, you come in here. I can't have more than one drink, period, or I will forget a joke that I've told 300 times. Right, right. And like I said, that's that's my thing. That's that's how I am. I want to see perfection. I want to see you come out there and do your job and have the crowd. And, And if you're good, fill out the crowd. Some jokes may not work out, but other jokes do, you know. So I guess what is how's been your how's your support system been as far as getting into comedy? I'm so excited to answer this question because the Baltimore comedy scene is amazingly supportive and I am just so grateful to that this is the city that I started to do comedy in. I don't know what it's like in a lot of other cities. I have heard it's more cutthroat other places and I've had exposure to scenes in other you know nearby cities and I just think we have the best scene. I th- a lot of us are friends outside of comedy. We are going out to each other's shows and supporting, even if we're not on that show. Um, something that I see often is if there's shows on the same night, instead of being in competition with each other, like, come to my show or come to my show, mm-hmm. we'll work together to start one show early so that people can go to that one and then go to the other one, and we'll cross-promote each other. Hey, I have this show tonight, but if you don't go to mine, go to this other person's because they've got a great lineup too. And it just... It, I think we have an amazing scene here. Now, isn't there like a Baltimore comedy crew or club or something like that that's in North Avenue over that way? Or? So, yeah. So, okay. there's Motor House, um, Ivan Martin, who okay. is um, a very well-known... Uh, he's been on TV and he was on... Um, I'm blanking. Um, sorry, I'm completely blanking on the show that he was on. It's but uh, he's, you know, very big uh, outside of Baltimore also and he is the nicest guy he runs Baltimore Comedy Festival which is at the end of the month um, and but he also runs a show at Motorhouse a weekly open mic and um, he's somebody who was very encouraging to me when I first started and so yes that's um, that's Baltimore Comedy Festival which will be at the end of this month now do you have you found a mentee or a mentor somebody that's hey taking you under your wings and say listen like you sound this is what you can do you have you have talent you have something do you have anybody like that? That's- I kind of wish I did. We, I was just talking to one of my uh, female uh, comic friends about how there's not really a woman that we're close enough with that's sort of at that next level that we feel like we can ask advice and stuff. And not that I couldn't get advice from a male comic, but I think it's a little bit different. Um, the things that we're navigating tend to be a little bit different. Um, the path is different. Um, but yeah, it... I wish I had someone. And like I said, people like Ivan Martin or um, I mentioned Mike Smith earlier who ran the open mic that I first started going to, those people were all very welcoming. Um, But I wouldn't say it's to the point of anybody really being able to critique my material and help me kind of get to that next level. So that is something that um, I'm looking for. So Amy Schumer, you know, if you're uh, you're listening, (laughs) you want to be my mentor. That's lovely. That's lovely. So, I mean, what comedians out in Baltimore right now, like, do you go, do you guys, you guys perform together? Is there like a certain group that go, you go with all around different areas? Like, cause I've seen, um, there's a company, you probably follow them, uh, Big Time mm-hmm, Comedians. Big Time, yeah. Okay, so I follow them, and I speak with them back and forth. I met them at the show. Oh, right. So, I right. met them at the Stephen show. And, um, Stephen and Eric were there, yeah. So I've emailed them, we've, com- com- you know, talked back and forth. Have you ever thought about working with those guys? I have uh, worked with them. Uh, they, okay. Uh, put me on the one and only overnight show that I ever did where that was like a big deal for me. I'm like, somebody's paying for my hotel room. Woo! <laughs> made it. <laughs> um, so I did a, sh- a show out on the Eastern Shore with them. So yeah, they're great. Okay. I was actually supposed to be on a show next month for them, but my cousin's getting married and I have to go and instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with that, you know, it sounds like a very tight community. 
for you. And what show have you done that's recent or not that you've been like, I'm knocked out the park. Like this is the best show I was on the whole night. Like, is there a show that- That El Buffalo show was really good. I, I, I will say I, that was one where I just felt like, God, I can say nothing wrong here. They love everything. That is so not the case all the time. Right. That show I was like, yes, they are loving me. You were good. By far, I would tell you right now, you're the best person up there, by far. Oh, thank you. You know what I mean? We could have started, you could have been, been the first one, and I would have left afterwards. <laughs> because you had set the bar for that show. Like I said, again, I don't go out as much as I used to, but now I'm kind of digging the Baltimore County scene, and like you said, the Motor House, I've heard about mm -hmm. that, and it's always like Wednesday night, they do open, open, yep, yep, the open so, mic is Wednesday night. So they do open mic, so I'm looking and into it. it's a fun group because, you know, it'll be, there's the comics inside and the crowd inside, but it's one of those places where there's, I just love this about the Baltimore scene, there's always just a group hanging out outside, and that's where all the fun really is, is outside with all the comics who are taking a smoke break or whatever, or just clowning around outside. And that's that's one of those places. Motorhouse and uh, Sidebar is a Monday night uh, open mic. Downtown Sidebar? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Monday okay. nights. Now, how, were you, how did your show go for Artscape? I know I saw you in the building for Artscape. Oh, yeah. So how was that? How was, that? was one of those shows where I was like, this isn't going as well as I wished it would. Was it a tough <laughs> like, crowd? Uh, a minute into my set, I was like, they're not. They're not loving me that much. It was late. It was hot. People were drunk. There was a guy who was asleep by the end of the show, just like in the second row, just asleep. That's horrifying. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it was uh, that show did not go as well as I had hoped. But so, where do you get your material from? Like, what do you do? Do you look at current events? Do you, is there is there certain things that you do not put on your comedy? Like, as far as is there, let me let you explain. Is yeah, there things? I try to stay away from politics because people do it better than me. You know, um, you can find really strong satire and really good stuff about current political events, and I'm not fast enough to write it uh, as well as other people do. So I kind of steer clear of current events. I'm a processor, I take a really long time to kind of polish a joke and so because of that I can't do current events because I'm just it, it by the time I polished it into a joke it wouldn't be current anymore <laughs> um so yeah I don't know I think I'm not a very good I'm not good at sitting down and writing on a particular topic okay. I have to just sort of be inspired usually when my mind is wandering when I'm walking the dog or blow drying my hair or something like that when my mind is free and then I'll just sort of be like in my mind riffing on some idea and then I'll be like oh that's funny I've got to write that down um, so yeah, I can't do, I can't just sit down and be like, I'm going to write a joke about, you know, what Trump said about Baltimore's rats and trash. Right. I, I can't do it. All right. Some people are really good at it. They're like right away. It can come with something like always, it's kind of like you said, like I don't do sports in my podcast because by the time it goes out, it's outdated. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's no point of even talking about it. I yeah. tell people, like, two weeks later, no one remembers that play from two weeks ago. No. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> it is spot on right there. And there's people who already who live it, breathe it, eat it. I'm not that guy. There are whole podcasts about sports, right? You know, right. so yeah. Now, what are your family? Does your family, has your family come to a show? And if they have, did you tone it down a little bit? Or did you just go full blast and say, this is what it is? And so my folks currently live in Arkansas, so they had never seen me before. But we did a family vacation. We're all originally from Connecticut. And we did a family vacation up there earlier this summer. And so my mom's younger brother, my dad's younger brother, their respective spouses, um, one of his uh, high school buddies came out with his girlfriend um, and my parents. So they had never seen me 
performed before. Um, that was a really weird show where <laughs> I also crushed it. And so, again, that doesn't always happen. Um, so I was really glad that they saw uh, me. But it, it's really funny because I realized in that moment, and she'll never listen to this, so we're safe. I can talk about my mom. But uh, <laughs> she's not a laugh out louder. Okay. And this always drives comics crazy where you have a crowd that is like smile and nodders, but none of them will just actually laugh out loud. And we can't, can't always see them. So you feel like you're not getting any reaction. Mm. And those people are always the ones who will come up afterwards and be like, oh my gosh, I loved your joke about whatever. And you're like, really? Because you didn't laugh at it. <laughs> so I realized at that show that my mom is one of those people who is listening. She's engaged. She gets it. She thinks it's funny, but she will not laugh out loud. I don't know if it's just, tough, tough crowd. Yeah. Tough um, crowd. And my dad um, was like, uh, the next day I was sort of indulging myself and I was like, so what you guys, what'd you guys think of my set? You know? And my dad was like, oh, it was all great. All of it's great. All of it's great. You know? And Aww. my mom was like, I kind of feel like this one joke's a little dated. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, oh wow. Never again. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, that's awesome though. I mean, you, your parents love what you're doing. They believe in what you're doing. And that's, I think they probably think I'm crazy. My best friend has uh, offered to fly here and have an intervention if I ever threaten to quit my real job. Um, so, does that does, do you, does that scare you? Possibly meaning like if it does, this does take off, does that scare you to like you know make that leap? It, it does because I have such intense job security being tenured <laughs> that it's you know right. I, can, I, I can do this job for the next thirty years. They will let me. Right. So walking away from that knowing that I would never get that job security back would be very very scary that that does sound very very scary so how do you balance your work life and being a comedian like how does that I mean I know you say you do it at nighttime but that's a lot I mean you they rarely interfere okay um, I mean I don't I know what days I teach you know I know what nights I teach so I just don't book stuff on those nights and the other nights I'm free. So it doesn't really matter. And like I said, I get done at, I teach till 8:45. So there's actually some local shows that I could still make it to even on a night that I'm teaching because mm. the show doesn't start till, you know, I might not go on till nine 30. I can just go straight from teaching to, you know, the biggest thing is I don't, uh, I don't wake up early uh, uh, gotcha. and I don't have to because no one expects me to be at work at 9 a.m because I teach at 6 p.m. That's, so, that's a huge plus. That's exactly. a huge plus. So it, where do you go as far as like, when you said you started in Highland Town, and then you're like, all right, it's pretty good. Where does one go after that? I just, I mean, I, mean, I know so you- There's so open mics, and you just, you figure out the open mic scenes, and then, and then you just, and at least in my case, I waited for people to start asking me to be on their booked shows. You know, so there's open mics that you can always go to. Anybody can go right. sign up. They can get five minutes. Um, and those are almost every night of the week. Uh, but the goal is to get on booked shows how does, where you're getting paid. So how does that happen? How do you even get in booked shows? Like, how does one even... I'm just curious so the listeners can figure out. Yeah. Because I, I want them to see the real behind the scenes of, like you said, the underground comedy. And I want people to go, in Baltimore to come out support. You, you know, these, these guys are great. I mean original comedy and they're just raw and just keeps it real and I love it but go ahead I don't want to, this is your show today um I forgot the original question now sorry uh where did I go after yeah this? how do you how do you get booked like how does it even oh, happen booked, right. yeah uh I mean so people book shows 
all over the place. So there's a couple of big co- clubs in Baltimore. There's uh, Baltimore Comedy Factory, and then there's Magoobie's Joke House and Timonium. And those are the real clubs that get n- traveling national headliners. So most of our local comedy goal is to get booked as a host or a feature comic for one of those big traveling comics who you've seen on, you know, whatever, yeah. Comedy Central and, what you know, whatever. Um, but outside of those two big real comedy clubs, there's a mess of little shows like the El Buffalo Show. There's um, a great space in Hamden called the Lou Costello Room. That's upstairs from uh, Zissimo's Bar. That is a whole comedy club up there with a full bar. It's super cool. Wow. Um, you know, like we, you mentioned Motorhouse earlier. What are some of the other? The Crown in Station North does a lot that. of shows. They have, um, there's just different people who have a comedy show that they run that is out of the Crown. I'm trying to think of No, because you're blowing my mind. Club. I've been here since 2003, living in Baltimore. And I never knew we had a comedy scene like this. I never knew. And I, and you know, as soon as I went to the show at El Buffalo, I'm like, hold up, let me, let me do a couple of Google searches and see what's, what's, what's going on in Baltimore. And then I start following other people and I'm like, there's a whole scene that nobody knows about. Yeah, a lot of just like restaurants and bars that have a back room will do a monthly show. Um, like I said, uh, this past weekend, I had a show at BC Brewery, Baltimore County Brewery, which is a big brewery. It's a big warehouse. And they section off a part of the back and they've got tables and beer. And we did a comedy show there on Saturday. Was that what now with that show? Because I, I wish I would have got you on before that show to promote it, but I'm sure we'll plug some more shows at that towards the end. How hard was it for you to learn how to host and get a gig? And you're working at the university. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> that sounds really, like a full time job. It became my full time hobby, um, and I again I just got so involved with the people and hanging out with the people that and go into their shows even if I wasn't on them and didn't just eventually somebody who runs a show asks you to be on their show um and then that's just kind of how it works now how did you how do you go about booking like I mean with I mean I guess I'm like trying to figure out hey I go can I go up this any random spot like how do you come out and say hey let's book this show at this place I'm going to do this I'm going to do this I'm not saying the numbers game mm-hmm. but how do you convince a place that big to have a comedy show. What do you do to prove to them that we can make this work? Yeah, I guess in the case of the brewery, we went to a trivia night there. Okay. And we were looking around and we we're like, there's like 80 people here for trivia. They love trivia. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we should do a comedy show here. So we called and we, I think that the name of the event coordinator was somewhere on the tickets that we had bought for the trivia night and so we just reached out to her and we were like hey we're local comics we went to the trivia night we uh we could we'd love to try to do a comedy show there and we kind of went back and forth and figured out approximately how long they wanted the show to be what sort of the ticket prices and what the breakdown was going to be um and that was really my first time negotiating a deal with an establishment um i run another a monthly showcase, an all-women's and women-identifying uh, stand-up comedy showcase, and that one is at the Lou Costello room that I mentioned earlier in Hamden, and that's already set up. They have sound. They have, you know, mm. built-in audience because they're a regular comedy club. So that's a lot easier. I just show up and use their space. You know, I'm just one of many people who host a monthly show there. Okay. Um, the BC thing was different because we were, like you said, it was negotiating a contract with uh, an event planner and so are you guys thinking about doing a part two possibly? Hopefully we did. This is our second. Okay. Um, okay. We 
sold way, way out the first time. It was crazy. It was probably a little too packed in there um, to hear very well. And then this time we had, I actually just got the numbers. I think we sold about 90 tickets um, wow. to this one. So That's a nice-ass crowd. It is. It's great. And they were great. And we had an updated sound system. So the sound was perfect. And we had a great lineup. We had Wendy Townsend of 98 Rock headlining. And she brought out some people and was able to talk about it on the radio and stuff. So I think it was a really good show. On that's, that's a good yeah. pick. That's, I, I've, been, I've been listening to her a little bit. Wendy, so I'm just trying to get learn. She's friends with those big timing. I guys. see her a lot yeah. in those of it. They, they actually like so they've wanted to get me out there to do a taping. I'm like, ah, I'm, that's you guys feel it. Like you guys do the comedy. I have nothing funny to say. Like I'm not, a, I'm not funny. So I just like I'll let you guys do it. And so I just find it fascinating when you guys can do it because. Yeah, like I said, I'm not that funny on a, in a <laughs> conversational way. I'm not. I'm taking an improv class currently because I'm just trying to break out of how I'm kind of a control freak, and okay. that comes down to my comedy too. And you know, things I want to be in control. I'm a planner, and so the idea of like riffing terrifies me. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. That's, no, that's surprising. That's very surprising. So I hate, like, I've been offered to do some of those types of podcasts where you're supposed to be funny, and I try to avoid them at all costs because I'm not funny. Yeah, I feel like those type of podcasts are more like shock value. And I mean, they can only go for so long, in my opinion. Shock value is only there for so long. And I, I mean, Howard Stern has made a career out of it, but he you know, did, he's just the one guy. Uh, that's the only person I can think of that really can pull it off like that. Well, in our current, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> we won't well, even go there. well, I mean, every day is a new comedy show. Every day, you know, we live in. Um, what is some of your like go-to, like your money? Like this, I know this is going to be the joke that. I mean, I know this is putting you on the spot because I know you said that we just talked about this. But is there anything that's like something like you said something? That was hilarious. I remember, and I don't want to mis- don't misquote me. It was something along the lines of like the dog was doing. S- oh, that's a long bit. I can't. I, I, I know. I know. But the, I, I couldn't I, do it here because it's a long bit. Like bit, it's like two that, minutes. Yeah, long. it was it's funny. A joke about my dog's Tinder profile. Yeah, what so it would t- look like and what kind of pictures she would send to guys and you know like that sort of. So thing, that yeah. I mean, that you guys have to go to her show. You yeah. gotta you gotta go to her show. And that is one of my go-to jokes. That my- joke had me dying laughing in tears. <laughs> you guys just have to got to go to it now. Have you ever thought about recording on YouTube? Putting your, or is your do you have stuff out there right now for so folks to go and I'm see? Real, I'm real careful about what I put out on the internet because okay. I don't want Stolen. students to see oh, it. Okay, um, I am a little bit. I'm coming to terms with the fact that I have a real job where I interact with students, and small to more is very small. This and is true. There have been times when. I've been surprised that someone was in the audience that I didn't know was going to be there. I was uh, opening for Big Jay Okerson at Magoobies, and afterwards, one of my students came up to me, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was so glad I didn't know they were in the audience, or it would have made me, like, I would have just been inside my head, you know? Um, and I was like, okay, well, I said the things I said. I don't know. I can't, you know, I can't take it back now. So it is what it I, is. I don't, tr- I don't do super dirty, raunchy stuff, but I... I do have some jokes that involve sex or, you know, I say, I say dick a lot. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, anyway, so I don't put that totally out there cause I don't want anybody to just be like trying to Google me to find my rate, my professor, you know, oh. and then they stumble upon me. You That's know, that new millennial thing. Seven times in a, <laughs> well, you know, sentence. so, so I don't put things out on YouTube is the long, long answer. Okay. Okay. So where can people find you with socket? 
give us all your social networking, yeah. everything. Give them the lay down and then give us a reason, you know, come check you out. Go ahead. This is your time awesome. to shine and Yay. say what you got to say. Uh, I'm terrible at self-promotion, uh, but that's okay. Uh, women are just not good at self-promotion. Um, so I'm on Instagram at Abby underscore be more. Um, I am on Facebook, although I probably won't accept your friend request if I don't know you. So Instagram is the place. That's my public public, you know, where I post all the flyers for upcoming shows. Um, that's pretty much where I do all my comedy stuff. My, my Facebook is sort of, you know, it's my real friends too. And so I, you know, it's really like today I was like, there's a picture of my dog. Like most people don't want to see that, um, unless they're my friend. So, uh, Instagram is perfect for that. Um, but yeah. Um, Have you thought about ever doing a Facebook page that was just for 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 comedy, like just like a and the reason I page. haven't is because we all make fun of each other when one person makes that leap to having the Facebook page. Everyone makes fun of them for like a month about it. And like people will, like, I know I do the same thing. I'll be like, I'm not liking your Facebook page. You're my friend. You're dumb. <laughs> like, you know? So I'm afraid to do it because I don't want to be. You know, I'm in that sort of sweet spot where I'm like, is this a hobby? Is this something I want to, you know, and that making that leap, having a a Facebook page or having a, a an actual website just feels too, it feels like I'm not there yet. Well, it, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to a couple of marketing people for my podcast and um, we, it all came back to Facebook every single time. It's a powerful tool for connecting people. And for sure. a while I was off Facebook because I just got annoyed at talking about like, my day sucks. My like, okay, we I, all right. It's, it's like, like, like. Uh, I'm sorry, you. You know, I was over that. Thoughts and prayers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. thoughts and prayers. That's what everybody says every day. That's the common theme now. And I'm like, do I really have to do this? And a couple, two different people are like, you need to do one. And I got one. And it's funny because the likes, whatever. Who cares about all that? Is reached out to more people that I don't even know who they are. And my audience now spans France. Australia, Canada, huge numbers. Australia, like who do I know in Australia? Yeah. But people listen in Australia. And it's just Facebook yeah. is just that multi. It is very powerful. It's a powerful tool. So people. I always tell people, you never know. It's just one of those things. And Instagram's connected to it anyways. They're all the same thing yeah. at the end of the day. So, you know, what would you say to you? What would you say to your younger self? I always ask this question. Like, looking back, would you, what would you say to yourself? Like, wow, like, I can't believe... I'm a comedian now. I can't believe. Like, what would you say to younger say, self? Uh, my favorite part about getting older is doing things that younger me would have never approved of, or would have been like, you know, oh my gosh, I'm never going to do that when I'm like, you know, older or whatever. So, uh, who knows? I think younger me would be utterly embarrassed um, by me. Okay. <laughs> what are we doing, Abby? What are we? We're 36, and we're oh, we're going to be a stand-up now. What are you doing? <laughs> is, is probably what younger Abby would have said to me um were you ever like funny in high like middle school high school I mean, no i'm like a super uptight nerd um and i was kind of artsy but that <laughs> was maybe just more because i wasn't cool at all and so i went with an artsy theme but i yeah i was never funny um yeah i don't know so promote some of your shows you have coming up go ahead so, tell us shows and what days and consistently yeah so i will give a blanket uh support for baltimore comedy festival which it spans five days and it's like right at the end of the month it's like the 29th through the 2nd of september or something like that uh it spans that whole weekend so you can look up there's shows all over the place it's very small venues where there's you know there's 
two or three shows happening, but it's kind of spread out throughout the city. So you can see the whole thing and then you can follow a couple shows and um, see many different places that comedy is and happens in the city. And you're performing? I am. I need to touch base with them about what day I'm supposed to be. But uh, yes. Uh, and what, once I find out when she's performing, I will post it on my Instagram page and whatever you know flyer you have, I will post to my followers. Cool. The um, big show that I do monthly is my, uh, the women, it's called Lip Service, um, and it is an all-women and women-identifying show. That is the first Thursday of every month at 8.30, and that is at the Lou Room in Hamden, which is upstairs of Zissimo's Bar. Now, can I go to that show? You are welcome to come I to mean, that is show. I it, mean, is it more preference towards ladies? No, or, we I mean, really just... try to market it to everybody. I mean, I think I love when... You know, there can be a there. There is a bias against women comics. There just is. Many people will still to this day. We like to think that we're all woke. So many people still to this day, men will say, "I just don't think women are funny," or "I just don't think they can be as funny as men." Um, I had a Facebook post the other day that was a joke about. Um, a male comic goes up and tells a five minute long graphic story about his prostate exam and everybody laughs and a woman comic says the word period once in a set and like all the guys in the audience are you know puking and they just can't handle it's like disgusting oh my god you know you know what that's funny you say that i i don't know if you've probably haven't i have so many pod out, pods out right now a young lady named lisa and her story is kind of like similar with that comedy joke she was left she was going to la with four other people other men they left her and went to L.A., and she calls him and says, hey, why, where'd you guys go? Oh, we're already in L.A. He said, why? Well, we were afraid when you got your period, we didn't want you to be around. So it's crazy that what you're saying, that, that post, was actually a true yeah. <laughs> story that really went down. So I love when men come to the shows, and I would say we probably get a 50-50. I don't say we get too many more women. Uh, occasionally, we'll get like a group of women that will make the balance be uh you know more on the female side for the audience but yeah we get a we get a smattering of everybody we have one um guy that comes by himself actually he brought a woman last time um every single show and we also we collect if we didn't want to make it women-y enough we also collect donations of feminine hygiene products for a group called uh women's advocacy coalition of baltimore nice. they're an amazing group and they give um pads and tampons to um, young girls who are low income, you know, they're not cheap. Um, nice. And uh, women, homeless women, women coming out of prison, things like that. Very vulnerable populations who, for whom, a you know, pearl tampax tampon is too expensive. So, what you're doing is something great. And Baltimore isn't a shithole as other people might think it may be. I have a. I open with a joke about Baltimore. And I mean, how people. Uh, I mean, can we get a little bit, little tea? Can we, I mean, I know I don't, don't want to put you in the spot. No, it's okay. This right, is one that I, I was thinking I might do. Um, it's a, a joke about how um, everybody's you know afraid of the crime in Baltimore and or you know the rats and the trash and stuff. But if right. you live here, you know you actually need to be afraid of our crumbling infrastructure. Right. Right. Is you're statistically more likely to be taken out by a pothole than a stray <laughs> bullet. This is, is true. true. This is true. If you live in Baltimore, <laughs> there's potholes like every damn mile of this city. This is very true. And the occasional sinkhole where just an entire half of a street will you know, disappear into the ground. <laughs> and a whole light rail stop. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Again, repeat me. your Instagram so everybody hears your Instagram. Yeah, so it's Abby underscore B more. Abby spelled A-B-B-Y underscore B-M-O-R-E. Uh, and again, the first Thursday, all women's 
Comedy Showcase is at 8.30 upstairs at Sissimo's in a place called the Lou Costello Room. All right. So get people, get out there. Support See your local artists. comedy. Please. We need, we need you out there. And like I said, now... I'm addicted to the shows and I want to go see more and see all the talents out here. And I appreciate you coming on. I know you, you're down Canton area. Am I right? I am actually in sort of station North Charles oh, Village. Okay. Cause I know when people come to the Northeast, they think it's a far, far place. <laughs> so shout out for you coming out to the Northeast corridor, Hamilton, Hartford, Hamilton, Lauraville area. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>